ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is your host, Janice Porter, and coming to you again from Vancouver, BC. Today, my guest is coming to us from Milford, Connecticut. So I love that we can speak to people from everywhere and connect um, people all over the world. Um, my guest today is Liz Detterer, and what's really fun about Liz and I is that we met on LinkedIn. And uh, Liz is a perfect example of how I teach LinkedIn, and that is through connecting, through messaging, and she did it in such a great way. I just want to start by sharing this before I even get her to talk. What happened was Liz sent me a message, a private message in LinkedIn, and personalized it and caught my attention because she right away connected that perhaps that we were part of a, the same organization, which means, number one, she checked out something, she looked at my profile, and she found a way to connect um, with me directly. It caught my attention. I responded. We set up a call and we chatted. And from there, we've created a, a conversation. We've created a relationship and we've worked with each other. So I find that just a perfect example of what I do as well. So welcome, Liz. And thank, thank you for, for having me. So <laughs> exciting. This is going to be a fun conversation for sure. Yeah. So tell us, tell my audience a little bit about you, first of all and where you, how you came to what you do now. Yeah, so I run, um, I run the sales school for entrepreneurs. I'm the founder and CEO of Selling with Service. And you know, we've got a few taglines, uh, you know, helping more people, help more people, disrupting sales for good, you know, hashtag stopping weird. <laughs> you know, just really like be human in conversations again. And um, uh, that, I mean, that's everything that we teach and preach is just how can you be in business out there, um, moving things forward while engaging with other humans mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, really building yourself, building others, selling with service along mm -hmm. the way. And oh, by the way, the result of all of that is that your business starts to grow. It's like right. the most amazing side effect. So I'm like the anti-sales salesperson. <laughs> well, I, I have to go back a little bit and say, I, I think that you come from the uh, retail world, right? I do, yep. Yeah. And so that's a challenge today in itself. Now you were, what, 10 years ago, maybe uh, you left the retail world, is that correct? Yeah, yeah about 10, 10 plus years ago. Oh, and is that when you decided to start working um, for yourself? Well, I've always had a business alongside my career. So even when I was in stores and then I went into, I was vice president of sales and marketing. Um, and then I went into executive search. Um, even when, you know, I've always had like a business venture alongside what I was doing. I was, uh, back in the day selling, uh, cleaning out closets for my, my personal shopping clients. 
and then uh, selling the clothes on eBay when that was just starting. So I had like oh. HTML for dummies and a Gucci bag and my gateway computer. Like, what, what was the, the what was the movie that was made from the girl that did girl that? Boss. Girl boss. Yeah. Yes, a friend sent me that, and she was like, "Oh my god, this is yeah. you!" And I was like, "It so is me." So you were always entrepreneurial then? Always. always. And all, but I never, you know, I was 18 or 19 when I was doing that. And that was back when you had to code the pages for eBay. It was not like it is now. <laughs> That's why I had the HTML for dummies book. Um, and I, I, I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial bug, but like I was 18 and 19 or whatever. And, uh, you know, my parents and those around me, well-intentioned, um, but gave me the advice, just get a good job, get good benefits, you know didn't come from an entrepreneurial family or anything. So always had the side hustle, but never always wanted to take it bigger, always had bigger ideas. Even at one point, talked to a VC about a venture capitalist about investing in my company. And I got so freaked out and weirded out by that, <laughs> that I can move forward. I mean, that's the honest to God truth. I was like, who do I think I am? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I've always had the bug and, um, recession hit. I had, you know, we all got turned upside down and sideways. Um, I landed at uh, my last corporate job, Carter's and Oshkosh corporate headquarters. I was in their operations department and wrote the training program that you'll see in their stores. Uh, tons of Lizisms in that one. <laughs> and um, it was three weeks into the job that I found out I was pregnant. Well, and what was a company to be with? Well, you know, when I said to them, listen, guys, I'm all for growing your client base, but like, you don't have to put things in the water. Like, I thought that was hilarious. They did not. I'm not there anymore. It's fine. <laughs> but it was three weeks into the job. I found out I was pregnant and um, I kind of had the conversation with myself like, okay, we're either going to start a business now or I have to wait 18 years. Right. That was just the conversation in my head. And I was like, well, that timeline's not okay. So I joke that I uh, took an EPT and took out an LLC and <laughs> you know, this franchise type business had been presented to me that I'd kind of been toying with. And this was the urgency that, you know, got me going with it, but it was web design. And because I had done the HTML with eBay okay. so many years before web design wasn't like totally foreign to me. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, if we look back, you know, to almost 10 years ago in web design, if you were a small business owner and you had to be online, obviously, um, you really were tethered to your web designer and they were charging exorbitant oh, fees. Yeah. It was really, really bad. And I had this great solution that they could use themselves before like all the drag and drops that we have now. Um, I had this great proprietary solution that they would be able to get in and move things around with no experience in web design kind of like a PowerPoint and they could edit their own sites um, very reasonably. So I felt really good about doing that and helping solve the problem of really giving business owners the key to their online store is kind of, you know, right. coming from retail. That was like you, if you're, if you have a website, you basically have an online store, whether you're using it for e-com or not, mm -hmm. you have to be able to get in and, you know, change the light bulbs of your store. And I learned that the hard way too. I'm still struggling with that. Um, it, I, yeah. Anyway, that's another story for another day. But, um, um, what was I gonna, yeah. So I, I actually find that really um, curious about you in that I don't see you as the because I don't know you that well. But I what I do know is more about um, your right brain 
thinking, not your left brain thinking, right? And yep. so I'm surprised to hear how involved you were with um, the tech side of things. So interesting. So that makes you very, very, very yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Very well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll style my clients. <laughs> like that. We still play fashion together. Uh, I'm so known for my heels. Um, really? Okay. I stopped wearing sure. heels. I've stopped. I'm over it. Yeah, they're stage shoes at this point only, but yeah, uh, yeah, totally known for the heels and the fashion and all of that, but definitely very creative. And I think that's what lends itself to, you know, the creativity in approaching human conversations. Right. But also very pragmatic. And with that tech side, you know, we are all running, especially service-based businesses, we're running virtual, you know, online yeah. businesses. Um, and we need to be able to click and connect the neck bone to the ankle bone, you know? Right, right. So, and, and, and we break down everything so simply, but it was, it was, yeah, it was the seeing the need in the marketplace that I've got, there's a problem out there. I have a really creative and cost-effective solution. Not to say that that's what you go after, um, but that's what I saw at the time. And that's what got me out of corporate and into business for myself. And then, um, you know, the short story is once I, you know, was able to get out of corporate, step into my business full time, I had more time to just hang out with my clients in their store and their, you know, office or whatever. And man, there was this one example of a guy in a store um, and we're working on, we're in the back office, we're working on like his marketing strategy, getting the website up and how he's going to use it and everything else. And I would use the website as a way to get in and just play business with them. Um, so we're having this huge conversation and mapping out the strategy and a customer comes into the store and he says, oh, I can't help you right now. I'm with my marketing coach. Ah. Like, no, you're doing <laughs> the wrong. <laughs> so I jump up and I start helping and I, you know, <laughs> help them, you know, buy whatever they bought. And then obviously me, the retailer, you know, I over, over, uh, upsold him and all of that. And he's sitting back looking in disbelief. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, I just got myself fired. Like <laughs> he hates me right now. Mm -hmm. And the client, the customer leaves and I go back in like sheepishly, like, all right, Liz, get your laptop, get out of here. And instead he was like, how did you do that? How did you sell them so much? And that's when things started to kind of open up for me. Like, oh, I've got this whole other chunk of knowledge I can start to bring to the table and I don't have to, you know, deal with the web design and the project management and the, all this other stuff all the time. So my business really very client led, um, you know, lovingly, they pretty much said to me, we like what you say more than like your web designs anyways. So if you could just tell us like what to say in a conversation, I was like, all right. Well, that's, that's a great, that's a great story into how you got to where, what you're doing now. And it's also a great segue into what I want to just um, talk about, which is, um, and I experienced you, you um, allowed me to join in um, your Facebook live uh program, I guess yep. you call it your conversation creation challenge, mm -hmm. which I recommend to anybody who's in business for themselves to, I think it's, is it five days? The five day challenge that we run live, we keep the trainings up for about a week or so afterwards, just because we want right. people there engaged and focused and oh, by the way, it's free. Right. And it's a great yes. way to, to see how Liz works and operates and, and whether it's a good fit for you to move forward into her selling with service uh, program. What I want to ask you, and I think is, is curious for my audience, because I 
I'm a trainer as well, right? And so <clears throat> I'm all about teaching people how to use LinkedIn and how to stay connected and build relationships with their clients. And through um, using send out cards as well as my LinkedIn training. So one of the things that comes up for me all the time, and I know it comes up for you, is because we teach the messaging strategies, we teach how to build a conversation with people. Aren't you like amazed or in, uh, in shock sometimes of how people don't know how to, what to say? They don't know what to say. They don't know how to start a conversation quite often. Like what, what's your take on that? Yeah. So I, I am always, um, always kind of surprised by it. And we were, we were chatting before we went on live that I was uh, speaking at a conference a week or so ago. And normally I speak to entrepreneurs who were doing mindset work and everything, but this particular conference was a mix of entrepreneurs and employees. And I was talking about money and mindset and some facts around it. And I talk about it all the time, but this particular group of, of women, they don't have that conversation and they were, I mean, audible gasps when I went through some of the facts and stats around women and money and all of that sort of stuff. So that was a huge, huge eye opener and reminder for me um, that when, that I'm in my zone all the time and there are so many people that are in their zones, they're not in mine. So you and I are in the conversation lane. We're in the relationship lane. We're in the, not in like the, you know, the, the teaching people how to have relationships in the dating lane, but in the business relationship right. lane, right? right? You know, how do you connect with another human as a human in a really, you know, good, authentic, um, intentional way that's not going to be a bobblehead conversation that's going to go on for days mm -hmm. and it's not going to be a direct sales pitch either. So we're in that lane all the time. But it is these moments of like, yes, they're not. They're right. geeking out about, you know, the latest legal trends if they're a lawyer, right? That's the only people who should be geeking out about legal trends, right? <laughs> like, hopefully. They're more um, content focused, right? Yes. You know, what wellness is going on out there? You know, strengthening their coaching skills in a certification program or whatever that is. They're getting better at the thing that they do while well, we're doing the same thing. It's just that we have this amazing lens, skill set, gift, or talent to be able to help them. This is where one of my taglines is helping more people help more people. I, know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can just get in there and like crack the code and unlock it. And it's like, no, say this, not that. Message them this and not that. Be a human. And um, it's astounding to me that, is it astounding to me? Yeah. It's, 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 uh, well, let me pull back for a minute. So my daughter is going to be eight. Um, you know, she was the catalyst for yeah. you know, the, this, this company and everything. Um, over the past eight years, watching her kind of grow into herself and we're social butterflies and out on the playground and everything, yeah. no problem going up to another kid saying, if you want to, do you want to play tag with me? Mm -hmm. You can, you know, can you push me on the swing? You know, will you be my friend? Mm -hmm. You know, all this other stuff. Um, and at some point, point we lose that yeah and that's all I help people reconnect with ultimately like if we really want to go there we don't do like deep child work or anything please <laughs> definitely don't go there but just really like to have that kind of like childlike innocence and fun around what you're doing like just go up and look for friends go make friends yeah I um I was doing a, a 
com I had a telephone conversation last week with a young man that had been referred to me. Uh, he's in the wealth management business and he was looking or his boss was suggesting that he do something with his LinkedIn profile and, and uh, suggested that we talk. And before I talked to him, I looked at his LinkedIn profile, of course, and you know, wealth management people are pretty straight forward and it's all about the money and the, and the, you know, the, what they can bring to the table. But there was something on his profile um, under his volunteer or, or his, um, I think it was like some uh, uh, um, certificate that he had uh, gotten and it was about um, calligraphy. Oh, cool. And I, and so I started talking to him and I said, you know, there's something I need to, I would really like to ask you about that's on your profile. You're probably not going to imagine that anybody would have, and I'm surprised that you even put it on there. So kudos to you. And I asked him about it and he was like, oh, wow. And I said, it's a perfect example of how when somebody comes to LinkedIn and they're looking for a place to connect with you, just like you did with the, with the um, eWomen Network, I think it was. Yeah. Um, then it, it's like it makes that human connection, not just a business connection. Yes. Right? And yep. so he, that was it. Now we're working together. Like, but that was just a perfect way to show somebody that what he did was right and, mm -hmm. and perfect, but that's why. So yep. that's what you have to teach that skill to people sometimes. It's not even just going back to their childhood. Sometimes they've been the introvert and they're not the one that would have started things, but now they find themselves in a situation where they have to talk and they have to bring people to them, right? So they can make the sale, let's say, in, in yep. the end. So, yeah, I just think that um, having those conversations uh, and teaching people conversational selling, as you call it. Yep. And uh, uh, mastering their sales mindset. And uh, I want to just add one more thing. We help, this is from your website. We help you speak your value and own your worth. Yes. Right? I love that. Okay. And in doing, though, in, in teaching people how to have a conversation and bring those things out in the person they're talking to, they then can bring it around to them, right? They can't start with that. No. No. No, nobody cares how much you know until they, they know how much you, know, you care. You care. You know, I mean, we've all heard it a thousand times, but it's what, is that, what does that look like in action and practice? And what I've seen is that, you know, there's two sides of the coin when people get on the phone with somebody with, you know, to have an intentional business conversation. There's two sides of the coin. One is they think it has to be a sales call. And they think they have to directly pitch and they have to directly talk about themselves and their offering and their service and the thing that they do, blah, blah, blah. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that it's just going to be this like elongated coffee chat, yeah. blah, 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 you know, yeah. blah, 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 whatever that doesn't do anything. And you're like, great. What's the point of this? That's an hour of my life. I'm going to get back. And where you and I are aligned on this and we do it differently, but I mean, we're still very, we're aligned in and there's no right way to do it. It's just, you know, Nike style it, but where we're aligned is that there's a beautiful in between. Mm -hmm. You can have a really, you know, great, not bobblehead conversation with somebody, but a really great get to know you relationship building conversation with somebody in a structured way with mm -hmm. your business hat on mm -hmm. and no pitching involved that leads to 
really incredible things. I operate through the lens because, you know, everything in business does come down to metrics at some point. You have to, you have to. I teach and preach that if you have 10 quality conversations with people, networking like you and I did. Yes. 10 quality conversations with people, you should be netting one client from that. Now, fast forward that out over a year. Mm-hmm. That's one really good intentional business conversation a day. Mm-hmm. 240, we're working 250 days a, a, a year if we're working 50 weeks, taking two weeks off, yeah. which you know entrepreneurs don't do that, but let's pretend yeah. we take two <laughs> weeks off and we work only five days a week. Yeah. Um, but if you have one conversation a day, really good quality, mm-hmm. you should be closing two clients a month at minimum. At minimum. Yeah. That's, that's the math. Because the right. quality. And it has to be, um, so back that up to, okay, so where are those conversations coming from? Yep. And I know you, as I do, talk LinkedIn. And you yep. go there to find, uh, again, it depends on what business people are in and where their clients uh, hang out, so to speak. Sure. But, but generally speaking for me and for you, I think it is LinkedIn. And so I know that you, uh, you teach your people, uh, your, your students, how to, uh, and I want to talk about this for a minute because I'm in flux about this and I have to get over a hump and I think you can probably help me. You teach your clients to have a um, uh, scheduling tool yep. and to use it actually to use it in two different ways, right? You have one for the conversation starter and I think one for the sales call. Can you talk to me about that? And I'll tell you why first. I want to just preface it because um, initially I kind of fought doing, having a a scheduling thing, even though I've looked at them and I've tried it once. I didn't do it properly, I don't think. But then I go back to this back and forth scheduling with people that drives me insane. And so... But what I was thinking initially is it seems pretentious. Okay, that was in my head, that it seems pretentious. You can book a call with me, right? So get me over that hump. Why is it? Okay. For sure, for sure. So look at it through the lens of them and just exactly what you talked about, the scheduling BS back and forth, right? It's so yeah. flippant and annoying, and we're already in information saturation and overload, et cetera. So it's all in the intention behind it and the languaging around it. Okay. So if you're saying, book a time with me when yeah. it's, you know, on my calendar, then yeah, you know, nose in the air and like delete. Um, <laughs> but if you're saying it, you know, really conversationally, um, which some of the students at sales school and in the conversation creation challenge, like I give you the bones of, of the messaging yes. and then, you know, tweak it as it works for you for sure. But it's something to the effect of, you know, jump on my calendar when it's good for you or, you know, let me know outside of that. If there's, if there's, if you don't see a time, let me know. Um, there's ways to do that. Or uh, here's my cell phone. If you know, call or text is if you want to try to catch me on the off chance. And then when you get to the scheduling page in the conversation creation challenge, we go through all the nitty gritty nuances because every little thing does kind of matter. Mm-hmm. When you get to the scheduling page, it is not your sales calendar. It's a conversation link, right? You guys can go look at mine, callwithliz.com. There's right. a reason why we have the naming convention too. But you go to callwithliz.com, you'll see it's my picture. It's just my calendar. There's no sales options. It's just a 30 minute call link. And my cell phone is right there. 
So if you don't see anything, because I'm not available all the time, then my cell phone is right there. There's no pretenses around it at all. It's just saying, if this is easier for you to do it this way, please go for it. I know you're crazy busy. I'm crazy busy too, but I would love to connect. And if you don't see anything that works for you, then let me know and we can figure it out the old fashioned way. That's my language that I typically use. I like Uh, it. Yeah. So use this as it, but everything that we do is through the lens of what's easier for them. Mm -hmm. What's easier for them, Mm -hmm. you know, and when we can step in it through the energy that's selling with service, right? It's service energy. When we're thinking through the lens of, well, this is what I want, then that's sales energy. And that's all about me. And like, nobody cares. Yeah. (laughs) But if we look at it through the lens of what's of the highest and best use of interest for the person that I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Scheduling a call versus doing the back and forth is a lot easier for them. Yeah, I know, because I was doing it this morning, back and forth. And then it was like, oh, is it two hours time difference or three hours time difference? And all of that. Don't get me started on that. Directionally challenged, time difference challenge. Like, oh, man, that's a whole other layer where the technology just does it for us these days. Yeah, exactly. think about it. Yeah. So, okay, so, um, so you, um, you use this term. I love it. And you've got some great little pet phrases that you use and you talk about people having holy shifts. Yes. Yes. Hashtag holy shift. Yeah. So talk to me about, tell my audience, um, what maybe three things you, you, you're trying to, um, not trying to, but, um, working with people to shift on, you know, three when holy shifts. three yeah. holy shifts, yeah. got you, got you. Let's do this. So I'll tell you a funny story though, about how holy shift came about. I was at a conference and, um, you know, this is just a, a tip to anyone who's out there networking or at conferences. Um, whenever you have an opportunity to speak up, do so. Mm-hmm. It is a marketing opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, and just really, you know, do your best to ask an intelligent question. Yes. <laughs> That's the next caveat to it. Say your name, say your business, say it loud and proud. So, you know, the, the woman stops speaking. Does anyone have any questions? My arm's already up. Yeah. They come over to me and I'm always sitting front and center, always as close as I can. Um, and I asked the question and it really was, I needed, I needed some help around a thing. She gives me the answer and it was like such a, like, you know, knocks you back in your chair kind of a moment. And I was like, holy. And then I realized <laughs> this is a big conference. The cameras are on me. My face is up on the big screen. Like she doesn't swear. I'm like a truck driver. Um, so I was like, holy shift. She was like, what did you say? And I was like, holy shift. And the audience goes, ah! <laughs> everyone wow. loved it. And it just, that's when things kind of shifted for me. That's um, a great story. Yeah, that's how Holy Shift was born. But yeah, so so it's hashtag Holy Shift is uh, always when we talk about these things because it's that kind of moment, like a Holy yeah. Shift. So the first Holy Shift, I would say, the biggest is that um, email is for confirmation, not for conversation. Love it. Yeah, it's a simple one. I love rhyming or alliteration. These are all yeah. the lizisms. But email is for confirmation, not for conversation. And what I mean by that is um, we spend so much time trying to get the words right in an email and sales selling with service it's all about dialogue a two-way street and what you're doing in a lengthy email is you're trying to have dialogue in a bubble so email being used for confirmation versus conversation is really going to be a game changer it is going to allow you to you use an email to crack open a door that's fine but you really should, I mean, send the terms of service agreements send the contracts send the confirmation about the appointment or whatever. Um, 
but anything more than that mm -hmm. is um, let me know when you have five minutes for a quick question or I'm free right. between one and two, give me a call. I have a quick question for you. Anything that requires dialogue is, um, is, is not email. So email okay. is for confirmation, not for conversation. The second thing I would say is, um, the, the, the second holy shift is that, you know, like we said before, nobody really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, so we don't need to go out and pepper people with information. And the breakdown for that is that the expert asks the amateur answers. So how many times have we gone to a networking event where somebody well-intended, well-intentioned, you know, we're chatting with them, you know, I'm looking for more resources too. Oh, you should try this, that, and the other in my company, blah, 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 blah. Right? right? I mean, yeah, a little bit of that. Well-intended. The amateur answers, they're working for validation, not for cash. And they mean well, they really do believe in the thing that they just finished the company training on or whatever. Yeah but they're the amateur that's answering because the expert knows we don't have enough information yeah. to, 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 to be able to solve a problem. That's great. So, yeah. So that's, that's the holy shift number two. Um, and, and I think also what we were talking about where people get tripped up in conversations is they think they need to have the words. You don't, you need to have the questions. questions. Permission to ask questions is totally granted, which takes me to holy shift number three, which is the formula for how you do that uh, to protect yourself from yourself, right? This is my formula to protect yourself from wanting to, we're, we do, we wanna help people. So we yes, go out yeah. there, we hear someone and we're like, oh, have you considered, or you should do this, yeah, or yeah. so well-intentioned, but we don't know enough. Right. We haven't asked enough questions, so we're in amateur energy, which is okay. Um, but if you wanna get out of that. So the, the uh, holy shift number three, the formula, to protect yourself from yourself, which really is like, this is the sales formula that I teach, you know, obviously expanded, but 80, 15, and five. 80% of any conversation, sale, you know, air quote sales conversation, whatever, networking, and I teach this in the conversation creation challenge too. 80% um, of any conversation is the other person talking, right? right? And we've all heard sales formulas, you know, uh, 80, 20, 70, 30, 50, 50, between who's talking, but mine's three parts because there's this really important component that's missing. And that's the 15% of, um, asking questions. You asking questions is 15% of any conversation. And that's where I say, if Alex Trebek wouldn't allow it on Jeopardy, it doesn't leave your mouth. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a few exceptions to that, uh, sentence expanders, um, help me understand that better. Tell me more about that. Keep going. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Can you say that differently? You know, can you, can you repeat that? I, I'm not sure I caught that, you know, all of these different ways to keep, to keep filling that 80%, mm -hmm. but it really protect yourself in these conversations, knowing that you're the expert. When you want to say something, turn it into a question. And when you don't know what it is, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. It'll save you every time. And only, I'll let you yeah. yeah. No, and only only five percent of uh, of the conversation is where I say permission to speak freely is granted. So uh, what I was going to say is that, that is so like that's gold what you just shared with us, and I thank you for those three things. Um, uh, email is for confirmation, not conversation. No one cares what you know until they know that you care. So be careful to ask. The expert asks the amateur answers, 
and yep. number three, the formula, 80, 15, yep. five. And what I was going to say about that formula of when you're having a conversation with someone, a networking conversation, a sales conversation, um, the best um, uh, compliment in my mind is when you've had one of those perfect conversations where they've done all the talking and then they go, it was super nice to meet you and get to know you. Um, thank you so much. And you've said nothing. They've done. Yeah. All the yeah. Right? yeah. Yep. So, um, so that's beautiful. Um, great information for my audience and, and Liz, I thank you so much. I'm going to ask you one last thing before we wrap up. And this is really based on um, really just me and my favorite things to, to talk about. And one, and the word I want to just know, just talk to me about very, you know, in, in a brief way. Um, what does the word curiosity mean or, or make you think of? Oh, everything, everything. It's, um, it, it has been what has gotten me to where I am is just, and it's a core principle that we teach in, in sales school for entrepreneurs, which is just being genuinely curious, I think is really like an underlying foundation to selling with service. Like Perfect. when we go into a conversation with sales energy, we're thinking about ourselves, we're attached to an outcome. Here's like bonus number four. Yeah. Really should yeah. Always stay unattached to outcomes. Yeah. But when you're in the lane of curiosity, when you're just going in genuinely curious about someone, the possibilities of where that can go are endless. When you're going in with what I call sales energy and you're attached to the outcome and you want them to be a client, you're missing so much gold along the way. Yeah. Just stay genuinely, genu it has to be genuine and authentic. It can't be weird. You can tell if it isn't. Yeah, exactly. No, tell me more about your dog. I really care about dogs. Like, I'm not a dog person. It's not my jam. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, what kind of dog is that? Does it have four <laughs> legs? I don't know. Like, I don't know what yeah. questions. Oh, I can't care about that. Yeah. Um, it's like, I can tell right off the bat when I'm on the phone with a non-kid person. So I don't talk about my daughter. Like, it's totally fine, you know? Yeah. But if you stay genuinely curious about someone, um, it is going to take you further faster than you can ever imagine going on your own with your own agenda. Okay. Sideline to this. I have to ask this sub question now because of some things that you said, do you think that curiosity is a trait or a skill that can be learned? I think that we are, uh, we are inherently curious. And when you watch little kids roaming around and picking things up, and I think we are inherently curious. And then I'll keep my rant on the public school system to a minimum, but I think that that is beat out of us mm. to be, you know, conformist to a degree. Mm. And I think that as adults, we do need to reconnect with so curiosity does become a learned skill within our respective professions. So like we teach curiosity and conversations mm -hmm. in a more like engineering world, totally going outside of my zone here. But like, I would have, I would have guessed that they would teach curiosity about clicking things together and like how things move, right? The way that you build a spaceship yeah. is by getting curious about how all this stuff goes. So I think it's innate to us and then we lose it trying to do the right things and then it becomes, how do we reconnect with that as a skill? Okay. I, I'm not totally convinced of that because I have one person in my life I don't feel inherently curious. Interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting that I work with trying to instill a little bit of that, but I don't know. So it's an ongoing conversation for me. So I love that what you said. And I... Curious about people or curious about things or curious in, in general? 
just curious in general. Uh, there was a there, and I'm going to wrap up on this because I know we've gone over my normal time, but I'm having such a good time. When one of my daughters was young, and I'm going to date myself for sure, but there was a wonderful album that Carol King did for children, and there was a song on that album called I think it was called Pierre Pierre, and Pierre is a little boy who every time his parents suggest he does something, he goes, I don't care. And that, that's this person. I don't care. And she, his parents always tell him he's going to get eaten by this lion if he does, you know. But um, so I always have used that in my, uh, but anyway, it's just, it's just a, an ongoing thing that I'm curious about is how to make, you can't make somebody curious, but you have to find what makes them excited. And, you know, but anyway, it's another whole thing. So I love it. That's, that's really fascinating, though, because I would just say that they are curious, but in a way that doesn't resonate as curious to you. Maybe. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's yeah. They, I would say that they operate under uh, a different realm of curiosity because um, I think we all are curious by nature. I think okay. it's just to who we are. So yeah, yeah. fun conversation. Though. I this know. Awesome. So lastly, just tell my audience where they can find you and I will put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, I love it. So the main website is sellingwithservice.com and then um, definitely you want to come over uh, into uh, the conversation creation challenge, which is a .com or uh, you can just pop it into Facebook. It's a Facebook group. You just, uh, you know, ask to join it and we'll pop you in conversation creation challenge. And it's, you know, it's a live challenge that we run about once a month or so, you know, twice a quarter. Um, so great to have you there. And then in between challenges, we're doing teaching and value and just giving you new ways and tools to be able to have uh, great curious conversations with people. So I love it. Perfect. Thank yeah. you. So um, thank you so much for being on the call today. I think that you've given great value, as I know you always do. You over-deliver. Um, over yes. uh, and uh, I ask my audience to please, um, when they listen to this uh, podcast, to go and visit Liz's um, conversation challenge and let me know by leaving a review what you thought. And for those of you who um, are looking for just a system to um, uh, build relationships and, and seven steps system on how to do that, you can go to my website, janisporter.com and download a free um, ebook on that. So thanks again. And I ask um, all of you to remember, stay connected to be remembered. Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.